This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 252. Hey friends, welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today I want to talk about connection. As a human being, connection with other humans is very important. And the reason this came up for me was last week, my son was home in Michigan um, doing a job, a music job down in Detroit. And so he was staying with us and we were on a walk having a conversation about uh, me possibly moving from our current home. And my son said to me, Mom, the most important thing to think about when you move is connection. Who are your neighbors going to be? Who's going to be near you? I really think that's important. So I thought that was amazing. Isn't he a wise human? (laughs) My son, he's so smart. I'm really proud of the wisdom of both of my children. They have taught me so much and are on many levels way smarter than I am. So anyway, when Tristan came up with that sentence... I thought, yeah, that's really important. We do need connection. And so that got me thinking about this podcast and how important it really is. Connection is important with your family, people in your workplace, with your clients, with pets even, and with your spirituality, with church, with hobbies. Those connections make for a full life. And without them, we're nervous and anxious and all the things that we really don't feel like being, right? So today, that's where we're going to go. But before we get into that, I just want to encourage you to check out my new book, Love Your Veterinary Life. You can find a link on my website that will take you to Amazon or just search Amazon and type in Love Your Veterinary Life or type in my name, Julie Capel, and it should pop up. There's a Kindle version, or if you want a real copy, there's a paperback or a hardcover. In this book, the reason I wrote it was I tried to give you some stories from my own veterinary life and some coaching and self-coaching techniques to help you deal with the stress, the burnout, compassion fatigue, the overwhelm that we get from working in this life as a veterinarian or somebody that works for a veterinarian. It it isn't just for vets. It's for all of us that work in this field. I've even had quite a few people that are not in the veterinary field read it, and they even told me that they got some things out of it. So I'm really proud of what I've written, and I hope that it brings you some joy back into your life. So go to my website, theveterinarylifecoach.com or juliecapel.com. Or just go to Amazon and look up my book, Love Your Veterinary Life, get a copy, and then leave me a five-star review if you love it. I'd be thrilled to hear that. But if you don't like it, don't leave me a review on Amazon. Just send me an email because I'd love to talk to you about it. Okay, so let's talk a bit about connection and social connection. The one definition of social connectedness that I found said the degree to which people have and perceive a desired number, quality, and diversity of relationships that create a sense of belonging and being cared for, valued, and supported. So it's our perception of where we're at. 
doesn't have to be an exact number. It's just how those relationships are making us feel. We know that people are social creatures. Just like our canine, equine, and many of our other patients, they need connection to survive. It's an old survival mechanism. There's safety in numbers, people having your back. That's what it's all about. And because we're social creatures, we need that connection. Now, in the modern world that we live in now, we don't notice how interconnected we are or even disconnected. But you can see by the popularity of all the social media sites that we crave connection. And unfortunately, social media is not real social connection. We think that it is. It sometimes feels like it is. But there's enough disconnection there that it doesn't fill us up the way we need to be filled. So the relationships that we have with our family, our friends, co-workers, our community, um, that's what really impacts our physical and mental health. Now, I did some research and I found some information on the CDC website, which I thought was interesting. They have a whole section on the importance of social connection. It said there that when people have stable, supportive relationships, they're more likely to make healthy choices and to have a better mental and physical health outcome. They are also more resilient and have an easier time coping with stress, anxiety, and even depression. And isn't that interesting? Because we talked a little bit about resiliency last week, and I think one of my tips was connection. In fact, I'm sure it was. But when we are stressed and anxious, we often pull away from people and we don't want them to know that we're stressed or anxious. But in reality, we should be gathering people around us. So last week, um, when we talked about resilience, I talked about talking to people, right? Getting a friend, a coach, or a therapist. And it turns out that talking to other people about your stress and anxiety is a big piece of the puzzle. And that's part of finding that community because we all deal with these things. We're all human and we all have these emotions. And so in order to feel better and do better, we have to find this community. The CDC also talked about people with stronger social bonds have a 50% increased likelihood to survive than those who have fewer social connections. So isn't that interesting? Like you're going to survive whatever it is that you're facing, right? You need to have those connections. And it also says that you can prevent serious illness like heart disease, strokes, dementia, depression, um, which we already talked about. Um, We can avoid those by building stronger social connections. Isn't that funny? Dementia is something I've thought about a lot lately because my mother-in-law is suffering from dementia. And it's something that nobody wants to see happen, especially to an intelligent person. And if social connection can help with that, I think that's amazing. And I see that with my mother-in-law. She is remarried after my father-in-law passed. And her husband has been a big influence on her and her progress with her dementia. So that's fascinating, that we can increase our survival. I love that. Social connection can also help improve our recovery from any event in our life that causes stress or anxiety. It helps us eat better, which I thought was fascinating. It makes us more active 
And it also influences our weight. And I can see where this would be true. When you're alone, you want to eat more, right? And so your weight is affected by that. Your sleep will be better. You'll have a better quality of life. You will also reduce your risk of becoming suicidal or even violent, which I thought was interesting, the CDC says. And then it also prevents death from chronic illnesses. So if you do contract an illness of some sort, those connections can help you fight them off, which is really, really cool. And it's also important for our workplaces. There are schools that provide emotional connection and community, neighborhoods, places of worship. This means that your practice or your clinic will be more successful and less toxic if you can increase your team's sense of belonging and community. Isn't that great? I love that. That was one of my favorite things to do in my practice is try to create this sense of community and everybody's being on the same team. Increasing your workplace connection and support for the other team members is where the magic is. And I know that we've all been in clinic environments that feel toxic and we have that lack of connection with the other people that work there. And when you're in that environment, your hospital mission can't be accomplished and your life gets small and you are more anxious and you don't love your job, right? And that's one of the reasons that in my book I talked a lot about that is creating that community within your practice is very important. And if you're in a practice that doesn't strive for connection and community, then it probably isn't going to be the best place for you. So I also looked some other things up about this subject for you. And um, there was an article by Dr. Emma Sapala from Stanford University. And she wrote some really interesting things. So I'm going to try to share some of this with you. She said in this article that a lack of social connection is a greater detriment to your health than obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure. Crazy, right? I'm like so encouraged by that. I'm like, okay, all I have to do is get some more friends and I'm golden, right? (laughs) And the article also went on to say that strong connections lead to 50% increased chance of longevity. So half, 50%, you'll live longer. It strengthens your immune system, which is crazy, right? Because loneliness weakens your immune system, causes more inflammation. Really, really interesting. Connection helps you recover from any disease faster. So if you have somebody that's sharing in your problem, let's say you have COVID or you get a cold, having someone there to listen to you and care for you will make you recover faster. And it lengthens your life, which is Wonderful, which I kind of already said, I guess, longevity, right? (laughs) So anyway, the other things that this article said was that people who feel more connected to others have lower levels of anxiety, lower levels of depression, and they also have higher self-esteem, increased capacity for empathy, and they're more trusting and cooperative, which is super cool, right? So why wouldn't you want to be in that frame of mind of connection? Why wouldn't you want your team to be connected? All of these things are great, right? They sound wonderful. So this connectedness creates this positive feedback loop of social connection, emotional support, and even physical well-being, which is 
amazing, right? So my son was right. Connection is important. The opposite is true for people that are lonely or lack social connection. If you lack social connection, you will have poor mental health, poor physical health, psychological health, and it breeds more loneliness because you become more and more isolated. So it's so, so important if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling disconnected, to really reach out and work your way out of it. If you feel low on that social connection scale, the good news is it doesn't mean that you have to be physically present with other people, literally present with them, but it does mean that you have to subjectively feel understood and feel connected to other people. Now, I did find this test that you can take if you're unsure whether you're lonely or not, or you wanna take it just to see where you kind of end up on the scale. It's called the UCLA Loneliness Scale, and I'll try to put the link in the show notes if you wanna take it, but it has a list of questions where you can answer them, and then you know it gives you this level at the bottom so you can kind of see if you're in danger of being socially disconnected and if you need to work harder at being more connected. So if you wanna take that little test, it's called the UCLA Loneliness Scale. So the, re- the main reason that my son and I were discussing this whole subject is that I'm working less in the clinics now. I'm doing more relief work. And some of my neighbors that I've been neighbors with for 20, 30 years are starting to move away out of my neighborhood because we're all getting a little older, our kids have grown, and we're all thinking about leaving, and as I am as well. And so I've been feeling a little anxious and less connected because of the fact that my neighbors are moving and I'm thinking of moving, but I'm not sure where I wanna go. And I'm an extrovert. And so me not being in the workplace every day gives me a little bit less social connection, I guess, because I love being in the workplace with my coworkers. And so even though I love doing the podcast and talking to people over Zoom and doing all my coaching, my personal daily exposure to friends and coworkers and neighbors is changing. So it's good news for me and anyone else feeling a bit disconnected is that I can change that. I can change the way I feel about my disconnection. I have that ability. So I can change my physical situation so I'm closer to other people. I can also change the way I think about it and my emotional connections. So there's things that we can do. That's great news, right? So I made a list for you about the things that we can do if we wanna feel more connected, live longer, live happier, and start to create more feelings of connection. And so I'm gonna list them for you. And the first one is, as always, I think it starts with self-assessment. We have to look inward. What are your interests? What are your hobbies? What kind of people do you enjoy? What do you know about yourself and the way you make connections with other people? What kind of people have you connected with strongly in the past and felt very connected with? And what are your current relationships like? So these are all questions that you can sit down and write out the answers to, right? This is just an exercise in self-examination. Learning about yourself so that you can learn what you need, what your next steps will be. And one way to get to know yourself better is journaling. I talk about this a lot and sometimes we resist it because it takes a little bit of time and effort 
but journaling, writing each day to get your thoughts and feelings out on paper or type them onto your iPad or computer or however you do it, doing some thought dumping to see how you're feeling will really help you get connected to what you need. I know that when I do thought downloads or journaling about my connections, I can see where I've lost some of them. I can see where I need to reach out and where I can potentially improve on getting those connections stronger. What friends haven't I heard from in a while? Who have I not gone out with? Am I isolating myself? Those are all questions that you'll see come out when you start to journal. Another thing you can do is learn what friendship and connection means to you. And that will also come out in your journaling, but that's what you need to ask yourself. What do you need from a strong social connection? If you know what kind of friends you like and people you need, it will be easier to find them, right? Because then you can start to look for those types of people. And many of them are already in your life. You just may have to do some work to strengthen your connection or pull them back out. I have so many friends that I used to hang out with when my kids were in school because they were band parents or um, drama parents or, or whatever all the things were that your kids did. Those are the people, if you really enjoyed them, that you can reach out to because their kids are growing up too and they might be lonely. And so think about the people you haven't talked to in a while. The other thing that's super important is to concentrate or learn more about active listening. If you can improve your active listening skills, it will help you be more connected with people. So that would be things like maintaining good eye contact when you're talking to someone, focusing on staying in the moment and not thinking about your next thing that you have to do or the next thing that you want to say. Check your body language. Sometimes I'll check my body language and I have my arms crossed, which is defensive. So if I want to be more open to other people, I have to change that. Try not to interrupt. That's one that I, my husband tells me I do a lot. When you're a talker like me, it's hard not to interrupt because once you get passionate about a subject, you want to tell them everything you know about it, right? But remember that that's not conducive to creating these connections, right? You've got to be a better listener. Don't judge people while you're listening. Try not to. Ask some clarifying questions if you don't understand what they're talking about. Sometimes that will create connection. If you, if you say, oh, that's really interesting, but I don't know anything about that, can you explain? Tell me more about that, those kind of questions. And then encourage that other person to share by asking them questions that make you seem interested. You showing interest in someone else creates connection. That's fascinating, right? You'll be more connected if you show them that you're interested in them. I love that. Another thing, if you're awkward, like if you go into a a situation where you don't know people or you just started at a new job and you don't know anybody really well that works there, try to come up with some conversation starter topics. Sometimes that's the hardest part of making friends, right? Is that awkward feeling because you don't know what to say, you don't know what to ask them, you know, And if you're at work, you can't ask them what they do because you already know that, right? So as an extrovert, even for me, it's difficult to have conversations with somebody that I don't know. But I'm going to list some questions or some topics that you might use to try to open up yourself to a broader conversation, especially if you run across someone that doesn't really 
like to chat or they're feeling very awkward, right? Remember that when you meet new people, sometimes they're feeling as, as awkward as you are. Like at parties, I always think everybody else is feeling great and I walk in, I don't know anybody and I'm feeling very awkward. Most of the people there are feeling the same. So just remember that because they are wanting people to talk to them as well. Okay, so here's a list of things you can ask. You can ask about their likes or dislikes. So you can say something like, what's your favorite TV show? What's your favorite movie? What kind of music do you like? What's the last book that you read? You know, likes or dislikes. You can talk about food, which is always easy because most people have something about food that they can talk about. What they like to eat. Do they cook? What they like to cook? Any of those questions. You can ask them about hobbies or things that they're interested in. So a question like, what do you do in your downtime? Um, and if they tell you a hobby, if they do do something in their downtime, you can ask all ki- kinds of questions getting to know about that, especially if it's a hobby that you don't know anything about. I love that. When I run across someone and they say, I do like oil painting, and then I'm like, oh, that's interesting. How does that work? And I can ask them all kinds of questions, right? It really breaks the ice. You can ask them about their work if they don't work with you. Um, what do you do? How do you like it? What's your favorite part of your job? If you're talking to somebody that's in vet med, you can ask them about cases. Have you had any interesting cases lately? Um, have you had any great cases, things that you've learned? You know, what have you learned in vet med lately? Um, you could even ask them about CE that they've recently taken. You know, I'm looking for CE. Have you taken any that's interesting? You can ask them about their family. Um, anything, you know, what's your family like? Are you married? I mean, sometimes you'll get a little personal if you start really digging in, but you can just say, you know, do you have a family and what is that like kind of thing? Um, you can also ask people for an opinion. Sometimes that's a good question. Um, if it's another veterinarian, you can talk to them about a case. You could ask people, do you have a favorite restaurant? Um, I'm thinking of traveling soon. What are your favorite travel destinations? What are your hobbies? Anything will work for an opinion, right? What's your favorite hobby that you do? And should I try it? That kind of thing. And then sometimes it feels a little creepy, but this can work as well. You can compliment people. And it does work. It kind of breaks them down a little bit because it makes them feel like you like them already, right? We all want to feel that love from other people. And so if someone compliments us, that just always feels good. So you could say something like, I love your coat. I love your hair color. Um, I go to hair a lot. I don't know why. It must be because I look at people's hair. Um, If you're walking near a neighbor's house and they're out doing their yard, you could compliment their yard work and that would break the ice or open up a conversation. If you're out on a walk and you have a dog or you see someone's pet in their window, you can compliment the pet, whatever it takes, but make sure that when you compliment someone, it's sincere and you're not just making up a compliment because then they'll be on to that. I remember one time I went into an exam room and I was shocked because this dog that was in the exam room was the ugliest dog I had ever seen. Like it was so, so ugly that it was actually cute. And I was so taken aback by his face that as soon as I walked in the room, I kind of laughed. And then I thought, oh, that wasn't a very good thing to do. So I kind of had to backpedal and say, oh my gosh, he's so different looking. 
that he's comical and I love his face. You know, I, I didn't say he's the ugliest dog I've ever seen, but I did say that his face is comical. So, you know, try to think fast, especially if you laugh at somebody's dog. Um, but he was, he was one of those dogs that like was shockingly ugly, but then he was amazingly cute at the same time, right? So you can ask people about their pets. If you're trying to connect with a new coworker, you could ask them if they have any pets and what kind they have and where they adopted them from. You know, those are all game um, in the question acting asking realm. And you can tell a joke if you're prone to comedy, which I would never do because I'm not very funny. But if you're one of those people that's funny, go ahead and do it. You just want to break the ice and keep the conversation going. And when you talk to someone for even just a short while and really listen to them, you'll figure out who you're interested in, who you want to build a more meaningful connection with, and whether you want to be friends with them, right? Some people you might not, but just putting in a little effort to meet them and understand them will let you know if they're your people. And that's what we're really looking for here. Social connection is can I find some people that are my people that I can trust, that I can hang out with, that I can count on when the going gets tough, right? These are the people that might have your back. The other ways that you can meet people are by volunteering, taking a new class, trying something that you've never tried before, a new hobby. And I've met some of my best friends this way by taking classes. Um, When I started taking tap, Many years ago, I met my friend Tracy, and we're still friends. We've tap danced together for years. We've gone to different classes. We just did a pottery class together a couple of uh, weeks ago. You may have seen that on Instagram. And, um, you know, she's one of my best friends now. And I met her because I took a class. I didn't know her. We just stood next to each other during this tap class and started chatting. And we've been friends ever since. So when you first walk into that situation, it will feel awkward. Just be ready for that. And it's okay. It's okay to feel awkward. But if you can sit with that uncomfortable, awkward feeling and just be open to talking to someone or joining into the activity, you're bound to meet someone new. And you may have to try a few times, right? It's not going to be the first class you take or it's not going to be the first person you talk to that's going to be your BFF. But you are going to have to continue to feel a little bit awkward in order to make these new connections. The other thing that you can do, and I love this one, is you can reconnect with people from your past. So if you had someone that you used to work with, and I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier with the band people or the school people, or someone that you used to hang around with and you haven't seen them in a while, ask them to connect. Send a quick text to them. Say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Do you want to meet for coffee one morning or do you want to have breakfast or lunch together? Most of the time, those people are longing for connection as well. And even the busiest of people love to be connected with and love to be asked to to socialize, right? So they're lonely and they want that invite to reconnect. And this could be your family. We often forget about our family. I, I do this all the time with my sisters. I rarely reach out to them. Because I hear about them through my mom and I just, I don't know, it's, it's weird. You kind of take them for granted. So if you haven't connected with your family lately, do that. If they're busy and you don't want to bother them, text them and then call them. A short chat 
is never a bother, right? When you're talking about a family member. Now, talking about all these things, I think we've proven that social connection and connecting with other people is important. And so I want to challenge you to reach out to somebody today. Do it right now. As soon as you're done with this podcast, think of someone that you haven't seen in a long time. Or if you're going to a class and there's someone in the class you don't know, talk to them. And if you're struggling with connection and you feel lonely, even more reason to work today to connect. Your life literally depends on it. The studies show that connection can save your life. And if you're feeling really stuck and lonely right now, please reach out. Reach out to me and I'll help you. I have a free coaching session on my website. If you email me, I will be sure to get back to you. And if I don't get back to you right away, email me again because you may have gotten lost in my spam or my inbox. But I will be happy to help you work on yourself and work on your social connection. So don't suffer in silence. There are so many people out there waiting to help you. And I am one of those people. I always love to connect with people. And the more people that connect with me, the happier I am. Okay, so here's my quote for you today. It's a long one, um, but it's from Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection. And I thought it was good. So I'm going to read it to you. We cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And when we honor the spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness, and affection. Love is not something we give or get. It's something that we nurture and grow. A connection that can only be cultivated between two people when it exists within each one of them. We can only love others as much as we love ourselves. Shame, blame, disrespect, betrayal, and the withholding of affection damage the roots from which love grows. Love can only survive these injuries if they are acknowledged, healed, and rare. So that is from the gifts of perfection. The gifts of imperfection, sorry. Okay, so I'm going to leave you with a little homework today. My homework for you is to make a connection today and make two this week. And I know it can be hard and I know it feels awkward and I know you don't know where to start, but just push yourself to take that action, no matter how awkward or lonely or upset or anxious you feel. And then let me know how it goes. Hopefully those people will get back to you. I know every time I do this exercise with myself and I've been challenging myself this whole year, it was one of my New Year's resolutions to reach out more to people and keep connected. And every time I do it, it is reciprocated by either a loving text. People are happy to hear from you. So just know that you doing this is also serving others. It's so important. And send me an email. Let me know how it goes. jacapelldvm at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you know anyone that will benefit from this podcast, please send the link to them. Also, if you can leave me a five-star review, I'd really appreciate that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. It will help me so much get this podcast out to all those people that need to be connected with us, right? So have a beautiful week, my friends, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.